Well, good day, good day. What a blessing it is. Uh, it is Wednesday, and since it's Wednesday, here we are. We're back at it once again. This is Face It With The Father. I am Minister Kevin D. Jones, Sr. I'm here with my brother from another mother, Larry Bernard, Jr., and we want to welcome you to Face It With The Father. Face It With The Father is a biblically-based movement where we strive to see real-life perspective from the greatest visual lens that we have, that is the Word of God. Today, we are facing fear with the Father. Let's go. Well, again, we just want to thank you for tuning in with us. As stated, uh, today we are facing fear with the Father. Uh, fear is a real-world perspective. Fear is a real conscious thing that everyone deals with. Fear is that unease, that emotion that is associated with the anticipation of danger or some measure of a threat against you uh, or something close to you. Uh, while fear is a real-world thing, we cannot deny the fact that fear has a great and high probability to hinder the forward movement of the people of God. I want to share with you today how fear can kind of box us in. And to really unpack that, I want us to walk today through the life of one named Simon Peter. Uh, Peter would go on to be one of uh, the giants of the, 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 the genesis of the church. He served as a pillar, a cornerstone of the faith. Uh, and his life really does uh, a great deal for us in respect to where we are as believers. But while we're so thankful for his positive advancements, we cannot miss that Peter really does in a powerful way teach us something awesome about fear. To get that, I want you to meet me in Matthew, the 26th chapter. 26th chapter of the book of Matthew. I want you to meet me at verse number 69. Matthew 26, verse number 69. Uh, there, the Bible reads, it says, Now Peter sat outside in the courtyard, and a servant girl came to him, saying, You also were with Jesus of Galilee. But he, the Bible says, denied it before them all, saying, I do not know what you're saying. And when he had gone out to the gateway, another girl saw him and said to those who were with him, this fellow also was with Jesus of Nazareth. But again, he denied with an oath this time. I do not know the man. And a little later, those who stood by came up and said to Peter, surely you also are one of them for your speech betrays you. Then he began to curse and swear, saying, I do not know the man. Immediately, uh, Peter remembered the word of Jesus who said to him, Be before the rooster crows, you will deny me three times. So he wept, went out and wept bitterly. Uh, let's pray. Almost righteous and heavenly father, uh, guide us today as we search your word. Dear Lord, we don't want to simply be informed. We want to be transformed. Uh, allow your word to change who we are, where we are, so that we can be where we need to be and who we need to be for you. 
Lord, we thank you for all you've done, all you're still doing. Uh, bless the hearers of your word. Please empower and bless the manservant of your word as I share your word. In your son Jesus' name we pray. Let us all say amen. To appreciate this story of fear, to appreciate the, the story of Peter, you, you got to know the buildup. Uh, when you get to verse number 69, uh, making its way down to verse number 75, what you're really watching is you're, is you're watching, uh, I, I guess, what would be the, the climax of this fear story. You're watching everything come to an end. Uh, but to appreciate how such a measure of fear can manifest in our lives, you'd have to know something about Peter. You'd have to know something about these circumstances. You'd have to know something about this period of life. Uh, Peter was undoubtedly, undoubtedly a, a phenomenal uh, uh, man of God. He was an awesome follower of God. He wasn't perfect, but make no mistake about it. God has never been interest, interested in us being perfect. Rather, he's been interested in us striving for purity. And we can definitely say that Peter was certainly about that business. He was in the midst of what we called the Lord's inner circle. Him, James and John shared a special particular fellowship. And we'll impact that a little bit more as we go. We really see one of the greatest heights of Peter was Peter made one of his boldest recognition of the time. That is, Peter made a statement that could have gotten Peter killed. Matthew chapter 16, if you'll make your, there, make your way there with me. In the 16th chapter of the book of Matthew, Jesus is interested in uh, what is it that people have to say about him? You know, he's interested in if you get a if you get your pulse on what the word on the street is about me, what are people saying? Uh, so when he asked that question, he asked it to his disciples. And, and and the Bible says when Jesus in verse number 13, when Jesus came into the region of Caesarea Philippi, he asked his disciples saying, who do men say that I, the son of man, am? So they said, some say John the Baptist, some Elijah, other Jeremiah or one of the apostles. He said to them, but who do you say that I am? Now, let's be clear. Answering this question correctly uh, is lethal. That is, Jesus was essentially executed uh, because he announced that he was the son of God made himself likened unto deity. So such a statement could cost you your life. When he asked the question, appreciate the fact that in verse number 15, he said to them, that is everyone standing around. I want to know what do you say? You tell me what people say. What do you have to say? Because people had a lot of designations about Christ, but none of them were so bold as to make him known as the Christ. Well, the Bible says Simon Peter answered and said in a great measure of courage, he said, you are the Christ the son of the living God. Now, before we go any further, because I know oftentimes, especially uh, when we're trying to in, when we're trying to share the power of the Lord establishing his church, because we do believe that the Lord did establish his church, thus no need for us to establish our own churches. But, but before we get to the point in verse number 16, I really want you to rest on, or rather we get to the point in verse number 17, I really want you to rest on how bold and how courageous it was for Peter to make that stand to tell Christ that against all of the opposition that you're facing, because you have to understand Jesus wasn't a violent man. He wasn't an offensive man. He wasn't a berating man. The enemies that Jesus had, he had for one reason, he had it for jealousy and for fear that he was committing blasphemy. So all of his opposition came because there were people who were seeing this man presenting himself as if he was the Christ. So when Peter stands and makes very clear that he is the Christ, you cannot minimize the boldness it took to do that 
the courage it took to do that. The Lord would not only tell him that he was bold and he was courageous, but he made a faith statement and he made a faith statement because he chose to listen to God rather than listening to man. Listen to that thought as we read verse 17. The Bible says, blessed are you, Simon Barjona. Flesh and blood has not revealed this to you, but my father who is in heaven. And I also say to you that you are Peter and on this rock, I will build my church and the gates of Hades shall not prevail against it. Now, many have falsely assumed that the rock would be Peter himself. Peter is not the foundation of the church. The rock of the church is Jesus himself. So what he's referring to is not Peter, but the courage that Peter demonstrated. It was the demonstration of faith that Peter manifested. That in and of itself is what caused the Lord to see this bold measure of faith, this bold measure of courage, this bold measure of audacity that would be necessary for every person that would come into the faith. However, you don't even have to go very far because right after this great event happens, you just slide down to verse number 21. And the Bible says, uh, from that time, Jesus began to show his disciples that he must go to Jerusalem and suffer many things from the elders and the chief priests and scribes and be killed and raised the third day. Then Peter took him aside and began to rebuke him, saying, far be it from you, Lord, this shall not happen to you. There's a number of ways to look at it, and I think I've always uh, viewed it in a way that maybe I'm questioning these days. He demonstrated such a great measure of faith. I don't necessarily believe that he was speaking in sheer doubt, but I think that he was speaking in what would be a mixture of doubt and of fear has to be that to follow Christ with all of the opposition that came with following him, there has to be a great measure of desire for him and love for him, a passion for him. And I believe without a doubt that Peter certainly did. Peter boldly recognized he was the Christ. Then shortly thereafter, when told that death would be imminent, he said, Lord, this won't happen to you. I like the fact that the Lord deals not with Peter as his enemy, but he deals with the enemy's influence on Peter. The Bible then goes further to say in verse number 23, he turned and said to Peter, get behind me, Satan. You are an offense to me for you are not mindful of the things of God, but the things of men. That is right now you're speaking not from a concern of a spiritual agenda. You're speaking from a concern of a carnal agenda. And if we allow this to serve as the cornerstone, I believe that this is where fear begins its greatest manifestation. Fear really capitalizes on our desire to preserve carnal things higher than spiritual things. Now, I know there's a great measure of fear in all things, but as we face fear with the father, we're talking about fear's greatest impact on our faith and our faithfulness. And when we abandon our faith and our faithfulness in the space of fear, it is because there's something carnal that we've placed higher than what is spiritual. And when the spiritual thing is demoted and the carnal thing is elevated, fear will always be the factor that makes the difference. This thought brings us into Matthew chapter 26, because Matthew chapter 26, we find that this Peter who so boldly confessed, so boldly confessed that this Jesus would indeed uh, be this Jesus rather was indeed the son of God. This same Peter would find himself later down the line uh, in our lesson text denying the Christ. 
One of the things you can't miss is you can't miss what's set up to bring this occasion to about to, to bring this occasion about. Matthew chapter 26, verse number one, the Bible says, Now it came to pass when Jesus had finished all these things, saying, with all these sayings, that he said to his disciples, You know that after two days is the Passover, and the Son of Man will be delivered up to be crucified. What you have to know is that from the 16th chapter, when he shared with him that death was imminent, the Lord never abandoned that position. And he maintained that position because Jesus understood that that's the reason why he came. He came to this earth to die. It was at this time that he was sitting and he was eating with his disciples and the Lord began to share with them this reality, this death and how imminent it was. But what Jesus really did that was most profound is Jesus began to share with them how not only would he die, but how his death would impact them. Looking at verse number 31 in Matthew chapter 26, the Bible says, Then Jesus said to them, All of you will be made to stumble because of me this night, for it is written, I will strike the shepherd and the sheep of the flock will be scattered. But after I have been raised, I will go before you to Galilee. Peter answered and said to him, even if all are made to stumble because of you, I will never be made to stumble. Jesus said to him, assuredly, I say to you that this night before the rooster crows, you will deny me three times. Peter says, even if I have to die with you, I will not deny you. And so said all the disciples. I think one of the things that we have to appreciate is that he speaks from a measure of confidence. And anytime we talk from confidence, we talk under the assumption of what we will do. But you see, one thing about fear is that fear takes what you said you would do and it challenges it and it tests its authenticity. It's one of the reasons why we have to ensure never to say what we won't do, uh, because you can find yourself in certain predicaments and certain situations in life. And the thing that you said you would never do, you'll find yourself doing when test and pressed in the right way. I want us never to forget that this self-same Peter that said that I know that you're the Christ in great opposition. And this Peter that said, even if everybody abandons you, I'll never abandon you. And if you were abandoned, I'd have to die. I want you to know that this self-same Peter found himself in our lesson text later on, not only denying him once, twice, but three times with swearing and profanity and curses accompanying. Someone would say, how does such a thing happen? I'll tell you how it happens. It happens when fear gets the best of us. You see, oftentimes the thing that keeps us from action or it moves us into the erred or wrong action is this desire to preserve what the carnal man treasures higher than the spiritual agenda. And this movement, this 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 push, this aggressiveness in our life comes from a rooted place of fear. You cannot forget that this self-same Peter had a chance to see the answer before his eyes. The Bible would tell us in in chapter 26, around verse number 36, then Jesus came with them to the place called Gethsemane and said to the disciples, sit here while I go and pray over there. He took with him Peter, the two sons of Zebedee, and he began to be sorrowful and deeply distressed. Then he said to them, my soul is exceedingly sorrowful, even to death. Stay here. Watch with me. He went a little further. Jesus did fell on his face and prayed. Oh, my father. If it is possible, let this cup pass from me. Nevertheless, not as I will, but as you will. 
Then he came to the disciples and found them sleeping and said to Peter, what? Could you not watch with me one hour? Watch and pray lest you enter into temptation. The spirit indeed is willing, but the flesh is weak. I learned something when I began to consider the dynamics of fear. And fear essentially is that emotion that challenges me to believe that God is not able in a season I'm in. Oftentimes when we abandon righteousness for fear or when we start to do the wrong thing in the light of fear, when we're silent in the face of fear, when we uh, turn our back on God in the face of fear, when we abandon the faith in, in the faith in the face of fear, we do these things because somehow we've been led to believe in our minds uh, that God is not able to do in a season what we feel we need done the most. So Peter, after all of this bold declaration, would find himself uh, in the courtyard awaiting the execution of Christ. And on three occasions, he would deny him. He denies him not because he hates him. He denies him not because he despises him. He denies him because he is in fear. And fear, my brothers and my sisters, has a massive impact of challenging who we are. Isaiah speaks to us in Isaiah, the 41st chapter. Turn there with me, if you will. The 41st chapter of the book of Isaiah, Isaiah offers us a word. Uh, and, and if your ears will allow, I think it'll help us along the way. When it comes down to when it comes down to how the people of God allows fear to push them, you have to understand who God is to us and what God's willing to do for us. That is one of the ways we combat fear is that it's important for us to know that it's not that we will ever fully mitigate or eliminate the hostility that we face in our lives. That is not a promise. But what God does promise is that if we make a courageous endeavor to stand for what is right and to stand in the right, God promises that he will indeed stand with us and for us. In the 41st chapter of the book of Isaiah, looking at verse number eight, the Bible says, but you, Israel, are my servant, Jacob, whom I have chosen, the descendants, the Bible says, of Abraham, my friend, you whom I have taken from the ends of the earth and called from its farthest regions and said to you, you are my servant. I have chosen you and have not cast you away. Fear not, for I am with you. Be not dismayed, for I am your God. I will strengthen you. Yes, I will help you. I will uphold you with my righteous right hand. In life, there will be seasons where fear will challenge my faith and my faithfulness. What I see manifested in the life of Peter will certainly at some measure of a time be manifested in the life of us all. The thing that will help us to stand faithfully for our faith and stand faithful in our faithfulness is to understand that we can never allow the focus and the agenda of fear to become so high that it drowns the faith. We must always allow our faith to shine brighter than even fear on its best attempt. How do I do that? I do that when I understand that no matter what this life brings me, no matter how much fear it stirs within me, it is pointless to have a relationship with God if I won't trust that God will keep me 
through those trying times. Let's face fear with the Father. One of the most bogus, uh, most inauthentic things in the world is a person who acts like they're not afraid of anything. Every one of us at some point, some measure in our lives will face fear. However, while we all face fear, we don't all have to become cowards as we face fear. The space of becoming cowardly is when I allow the fear of what I fear to change who I am. To stand boldly in the face of fear is to make up one's mind that no matter what's on the other side of this, I trust that God's going to get me through this. The Bible says, yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil. It's not that evil doesn't look fearful. I just elect not to allow that fear to govern me. And the only reason why I stand that way is I trust that thou art with me. If we pray to God, if we worship God, if we lean on God, we have to know that if God is with us in the good days, he promises to be with us in the bad. Never allow your fear to press out your faith or to press out your faithfulness. It can happen. It doesn't have to happen. And you can stand if you know you do not stand alone. Let us pray. Almost righteous and awesome Heavenly Father, uh, King Jesus, we are thankful for all that you've done for us and all that you're still doing. Lord, we know that there is no one that loves us quite like you. There's no one who takes care of us quite like you. There's no one who provides for us, who ensures our welfare quite like you. Lord, we know that in this life there will be times when our call to stand will be challenged by the assumption or the presumption of adversity and difficulty. This challenge on the outside, if we allow it, can impact us on the inside. This internal impact can cause us to abandon the goodness that you've laid before our lives. Lord, we just plead with you now and we ask you that you would give us courage. Dear Lord, that you would help us to know that we can stand courageous in the midst of adversity not because of the confidence that we have in ourselves, because as we learn from Peter, even the greatest measure of confidence that we think we have in ourselves when tested can be pressed out. But dear Lord, we make our minds up that we will stand faithfully against fear because we know that you stand faithfully with and for us. Dear Lord, help us never to forget that if you bring us to it, you will bring us through it. And dear Lord, if we trust in that, that's all we need to know. Lord, we thank you, we praise your name, and we certainly do love you. These and all prayers we ask in your son Jesus' name we pray. Let us all say amen. Well, folks, that is it. We thank you for tuning in with us for Facing with the Father. On behalf of myself, my brother from another mother, Larry Bernard Jr., and the saints of the Pembroke Park Church Christ, we thank you for stopping in with us here at Facing with the Father. Won't you check us out? Visit us at www.fiwtf.com. There you can catch all things related to Facing with the Father. Follow us on all social media at 
F-I-W-T-F on Instagram, Twitter, and you can check us out on Facebook as well. Uh, support the Pembroke Park Church Christ, www.pembrokeparkcoc.com, and you can follow Pembroke Park at Pembroke Park COC on all social media platforms. Listen, we are always privileged. We're also appreciative that you stop in with us. And hey, never forget, this life and everything about this life is going to be challenging. You're going to face ups. You're going to face downs. You're going to face highs. You're going to face lows. But no matter what, ensure that whatever you face, make certain that you face it with the Father. Take care and be blessed.